Live from the WLIWFM studio in Southampton, New York on Tuesday, November 14th, 2023. I'm Gianna Volpe. Long Island will get around half its energy from offshore wind resources by 2030 and customers will begin paying around 2% more per year in their power supply charges as more green energy makes its way onto the local and state grids by that time, according to a new power resource analysis by uh, LIPA and PSEG. Mark Harrington reporting on Newsday.com that the analysis foresees an oversized reliance on an energy resource in offshore wind that is yet to make its way onto the local grid as 2024 approaches. But LIPA officials say the roadmap for a quick ramp-up is in place, along with aggressive plans for more solar, battery storage, and even technologies that are under development, some that could extend the life of fossil fuel plants. Quote, it's basically a handful of wind farms that need to get built in seven years. That's from LIPA Chief Executive Tom Falcone, who added the customer costs were manageable and the time frame not impossible, if somewhat flexible. Quote, if it happens by 2031 versus 2029, it probably doesn't change anything we're doing. And quote, the analysis comes as offshore wind in the United States is facing a crisis of cost. And as big European wind farm developers are recording sizable impairment charges tied to their investments while seeking higher rates for energy. Already Denmark-based Orsted, which is developing the soon-to-be-completed South Fork wind farm, has canceled two much larger wind farms planned for New Jersey and still hasn't made a final decision on whether it will move forward with Sunrise Wind, a project designed to bring 924 megawatts to Long Island by 2025. In other news, New York state education officials are considering ditching the regents exam as a graduation requirement for high school students, leading to some education advocates accusing them of dumbing down standards. Carl Campanile and Chris Nessie of the New York Post reporting that the New York State Education Department yesterday presented the Board of Regents with the recommendations on graduation measures, which included giving students the option of taking the Regents to graduate. Mona Davids of the New York State Parents Union said moving away from the Regents' exam requirements to earn a diploma signifies an insulting lack of faith in the abilities of students of color. Quote, this is a continuation of the soft bigotry of low expectations from our black and Hispanic students, said Davids, who is part of a 2014 lawsuit challenging New York's tenure laws that shield ineffective teachers from losing their jobs. If implemented, the move would mark a significant shift in state education policy, which has required high schoolers to take and pass the regents before earning their diplomas for more than a century. State Education Department's Blue Ribbon Commission on Graduation Measures was convened in September of last year to improve educational outcomes while ensuring New York students were being adequately prepared for the rigors of the modern workforce. The commission's recommendations claim that success after high school can't necessarily be measured by any one test. Also in schools, Red Ribbon Week for the Sag Harbor School District is a long-time tradition. Oh, man, they had that at my, um, well, at least a, a Red, uh, Red Ribbon Week, I think in my elementary school. Geez, that takes me back, right? Teaching students about healthier life choices. Every year, the students explore workshops on various topics and hear from various leaders on the importance of living drug-free and prioritizing a healthy lifestyle. As reported on 27East.com, this year, the middle school students met with Sag Harbor Village Mayor Thomas Gardella to discuss a village proclamation for Red Ribbon Week. Red Ribbon Week is one of the nation's largest drug prevention awareness programs. It's celebrated the last week of October, and the theme for this year was Be Kind to Your Mind. Class discussions on different techniques to live a healthier lifestyle, such as paying attention to what one puts in their bodies and how it affects how one functions and performs, as well as the lasting effects drugs can have on the brain, were common topics. And finally, an environmental group has launched a pilot program to create its first biannual report card on the ecological health of South Shore Bays from Hempstead to Shinnecock. 
Brianne Letta reporting on Newsday.com that the nonprofit Save the Great South Bay is developing protocols that collaborating water quality agencies will use to collect data in the bays and present the information using letter grades. That from Robin Silvestri, the executive director of the nonprofit, quote, the reason that we want to create a report card is because there's so much water quality data out there. But for the everyday person like me, it's very hard to say, is this good? Or is this not good? Said Miss Silvestri, adding if somebody was un- was able to translate that data and say this area of the bay gets an A, then I know an A is good. Silvestri said the first report card is planned for 2025. The report, modeled after the system used by Save the Sound, will start with four to six sites and expand over time. Patty Wood, founder and executive director of the Port Washington-based grassroots environmental education, said she likes the initiative, especially if it standardizes water monitoring. She said, however, it's important to link the data with human activities. That is of real value so people can make Better choices for the environment, she said. Adrian Esposito, executive director of Citizens Campaign for the Environment, similarly said water quality testing is welcomed, but cautioned that the study should assess trends over time. Quote, the study needs to be done very carefully to really assess trends and reflect a picture of accuracy about what's happening. Uh, She said, adding a robust number of sites need to be included. Reading the weather in Sag Harbor in honor of Sag Harbor Cinema's artistic director, Julia Daniolo Villan, joining us to talk about the third annual Festival of Preservation happening this weekend. Um, Looking like a mostly sunny Tuesday in Sag Harbor with a high near 51 degrees. North wind around 16 miles per hour, so breezy, but Pretty nice out. Uh, Mostly clear tonight with a low around 36 degrees. North wind 8 to 14 miles per hour. Right now it's 48 degrees. You can keep your hat on for this playlist. Um, It's the hat playlist. I had just Joe Cocker's live version of You Can Leave Your Hat On uh, sitting alone by itself in an untitled playlist. And I said, hey, let me build something. Uh, It's the first pass. For uh, an all-music hat edition of The Heart. So if you have a hat track you love, please don't text me. Please don't send me messages. Please do leave a voicemail at 631-591-7008. Let us know what hat song you love. Um, I barely got through. Uh, I didn't. I didn't get through the uh, 10-hour playlist I put together this morning of all hat songs. Um, I did get a nice collection for this morning, uh, but I have a lot more songs to review uh, before I do an all music hat edition. So here's the first pass. We've got Steel Eyes Span, Todd Rundgren, uh, Bob Dylan, and the Charlie Daniels Band before Merle Haggard and Lyle Love It. But first... The man, Joe Cocker, here on Long Island's only local NPR radio station, WLIWFM. News you can trust, music you love on 88.3 FM throughout eastern Long Island and coastal Connecticut, 96.9 in central and western Suffolk County, streaming online to wherever you may be at WLIW.org slash radio.
got my Shelter Island reporter hat on this morning. Did I give you the right number? If you have a hat song you love, let us know about it. 631-591-7006. Leave us a voicemail. Let us know what hat song you love. You're listening it's to WLIWFM.
And if anyone should ask me the reason why I'm wearing it, it's all Seventy-five to 2017 from Steel Eyes Spans All Around My Hat to Todd Rundgren's Tinfoil Hat featuring Donald Fagan. Reminds me of someone. I don't know who. You're listening to The Heart Morning and Midnight Show featuring music from all decades and genres and interviews with folks from all walks of life. All morning and midnight long all because of you, the listener supporter of WLIWFM. Todd Rundgren featuring Donald Fagan leading us to the bottom of the 9 o'clock hour on Tuesday morning a little after midnight. If you're listening to the replay, it's time for our Hot Studio segment underwritten by Peconic Landing. Very grateful to have on with us uh, Julia Daniolo Villan of the Sag Harbor Cinema, the artistic director there. We're talking about the third year that that Sag Harbor Cinema has run a festival of preservation. I think its uh, official title is Martin Scorsese uh, presents the uh, festival of preservation. As as uh, Mr. Scorsese has allowed you to use his name uh, in connection with this, 
super important stuff. Uh, I definitely want to kick it off uh, with the the film that is kicking off the festival, uh, Hitchcock's 4K restoration of Spellbound, which is a cool film. And I love that you paired it with Destino, which is a short film collaboration between Salvador Dali and Hitchcock. Uh, go go ahead, Julia. And yeah, actually, and actually, good morning. Good Thank morning. you for having me, Jana. Yes. Uh, yes, you know, um, Hitchcock collaborated on um, with Dali on Spellbound. You yes. know, they created that very famous uh, nightmare um, sequence that Gregory Peck keeps having. And uh, and, then and I Disney said was... I said I said Destino was a short film collaboration between Dali and Hitchcock, but I meant Walt Disney. Well, so, Disney, yes. yeah. And go ahead. And so, and so Walt Disney was, you know, was completely fascinated by, by Dali and by the opportunity that Dali's work could use, could, could, you know, would give to animation. And he started this short pro- project, this dinner, that for various reasons didn't really end up happening as, as they wanted. And, and so it kind of remained there, stayed there, and then it was resuscitated not so many years ago in the restore, and now it's, 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 um, it's available. So I, I asked Disney if they would um, uh, take out from the vault their 35-millimeter print of the so Cino, cool. and I put it together to, to, um, to screen for, for Spellbound, and, and the, the screening will be introduced by the um, archivist of, of Disney, right. uh, Kevin Schaefer. Yes. Flying to this flying to the festival. That yeah. is that's a remarkable. Disney is a true leader in the realm of preservation. Their archives are 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 a, a world unto themselves. So knowing that the director of restoration and library management is going to be there at the festival, that's huge. He's going to be on the preservation panel, correct? Yes. Yes, we're going to have you know the preservation panel, which sounds pompous, but it's kind of, it's very tends to be very informal. We have some really wonderful um, people, you know. We have archivists from Sony and Disney, and we have Scott McGee, who is a producer of original um, production content at the TCM. You know, TCM is is is, is such a great uh, instrument of, pres- of film preservation. You know, they do to television, but they have been uh, very instrumental into into. Uh, uh, cultivating love for for cinema and for old what you know what we call old films, and and then there will be um, uh, uh, Terry Lawler, who's among the, uh, the women that funded the the Women Preservation Fund, which is yes. a, a a fund an organization especially devoted to raising money to restore uh, filmmakers by women, and 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 we do to that we have a a, a program of um, female women pioneers filmmaker of the silent era, which is quite stunning. Yes, there's, yeah. a, there's a wealth of films uh, during the pioneering women filmmakers of the silent era uh, from which screeners can choose. Can we talk a little bit about uh, what's going to be screening uh, for that section of the, the festival? Yeah, we're gonna. You know, it's a program of shorts. I mean, you know, it's it's uh, it's it's getting to be known today. But you know, uh, women were a big part of early film history, and they were um, not just actresses, but they were screenwriters, editors, directors. Uh, they were doing their own stunts, and they were very uh, important to the um, to the to the studios. Um, and this is, you know, um, and they were very famous. I mean, Lois Weber, Alice Guy Blachet. Grace Kunar, Ellen Holmes, um, um, th- there was a lot of them, and so, so is, I, that, I, is I, that going to be like a program unto itself? So you can choose, yes. you can choose. Uh, got shorts. It. Yeah, they were short, they're shorts. Yeah, so I, I made a selection together. of shorts. Yeah, they, I made a selection of shorts that gives the scope. You know, there are comedies, there are thrillers, um, there there are a couple of documentaries. They're all again, you know, there are two serials. You know, the episodic. Uh, you know what today would be called episodic thing. They were serious there, and and you can really see the breadth of the cinematic language and, and what they were doing both in front and behind the camera, and uh, you know and that would also be discussed at the um, at the preservation panel where there is also an interest another interesting um, presentation which is um, about paper films and I won't say much but if you come to the panel and then join us with the branch you'll you'll learn about That's another fascinating uh, part of film history. And and when will the pioneer uh, women filmmakers of the silent era be showing that's saturday saturday early afternoon yeah okay. yeah okay yeah. and now and we mentioned and we mentioned disney uh there's going to be a nice collection of silly symphonies uh, i mentioned to you my f- uh, favorite uh, some of my favorites of all time the grasshopper and the ant that i was just talking <laughs> about 
yesterday with with Brian Bannon here at the station and the Ugly Duckling, both of which had an immense effect on me as a tiny person. Uh, (laughs) I had already, I think I was still in in preschool and already was noticing that I was the other in uh, social situations. And the Ugly Duckling gave me such tremendous hope, you know, that, you know, maybe one day I'll be a swan. And, of course, Steamboat Willie will be in the mix. That's uh, the, yeah. first, the first time Mickey Mouse makes uh, his swan yeah. debut. Yes, and, and the Skeleton Dance, of course, yes. my favorite, which is just newly, newly restored. But, you know, I love the, I love the Silly Symphonies, and they're really rarely screened on, on a big screen. Right. So I'm really thrilled that Disney allowed us to put together this, uh, this program. And, um, yeah. Having Destino as well. I mean, uh, I I came across it watching every uh, uh, short that I could find on Disney Plus, and yeah. and they and and it's very hidden. You know, it doesn't pop up as you may like this until you've really looked yeah. at every short film they have. And this is uh, being a, a fan of Dali's uh, and and Disney's. I was I was blown away by this. <laughs> it was very. <laughs> Go ahead. There's yeah. a lot of no, uh, well, you know, the, the, the way the way I like to do to do the festival is to be kind of you know, to have a, cu- a selection that feels curious and, and you know, and, and kind of adventurous. So we have these very um inspiring uh Disney shorts and you know and, and, and artistic scares with Hitchcock and then on Saturday night I suggest I highly recommend to come and see the Tingler, okay. which is um uh, it is a B thriller of 1959 by the great director William Castle, who used to enhance his movies with um, a degree of live uh, activity, which would um, increase the scare effect. And so uh, we're going to have Bruce Colstein, the uh, famous repertory director of Film Forum, coming and doing his presentation of The Tingler, which is a movie, a screening with other things happening in the theater, and um, and it's going to be very very fun, and it, it's uh, it's uh, it's something that he has traveled the world with. Uh, you know, he went, he did it in Paris, he did it in, in Los Angeles, and and it's very fun. And it shows another, you know, Carson was was a filmmaker that loved cinema and was making films when television started, and so he thought, hmm, how do I make sure that people want to come out and watch films? So let's do something in the theater, a little scares, a little more excitement. And so they will make, you know, the effort to, to get out of the living room and come and cool. see the film. Yeah. And of course, there's yeah. there's the interview, the Fritz and Friedkin interview. Yeah. Uh, with Fritz yeah, Lang. yeah. You know the the uh, the something something that I that I love is when filmmakers contribute to. Um, uh, to helping the history of film being, you know, perpetuating itself and, 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 and being known. And a lot of filmmakers, you know, Bogdanovich is one that is very well known, have interviewed famous directors that they like or they were interested in. You know, and these interviews are much more, they tend to be more insightful than the ones that I would do or, right. a, you know, a film or historian me. would do because, because, they're, because they're peers. Right. And, and Billy Freaking was was a close friend of mine and I, I miss terribly and I really wanted to honor in this festival. When he was very young, he went to uh, he took a camera and called uh, Fritz Lang, which was by then quite old, and said, I want to interview. I'm a young filmmaker. I want to make an interview. And um, and so he, um, you know, so he did this uh, at Fritz Lang's house and Fritz Lang is kind of cranky and, and the conversation is very fascinating. And, um, and Billy kept it in his garage for many years because I think what he wanted to do the one television channel didn't pan out. And when I, he told me he had it, I actually, at the time I was, I was uh, curating a retrospective of his work and I actually said, Oh, I'll edit for you. If you, um, you know, if you paid for the, for the editor. And so I, I gave him an, you know, he found an editor, I paid for it. And so he made this available and I, and it's a fascinating piece. And in another fascinating interview that we're going to be having on, on the third floor where there is a, a gallery show uh, is the a conversation between Orson Welles and, um, and Dennis Hopper. It's another, yes. it's not a piece. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's amazing. It's Orson Welles, the original Maverick, you know, who has seen it all and knows how ugly and yes. uh, retaliatory the system can be. And Dennis Hopper, the young phenomenon, fresh off Easy Rider. Right. You know, Thinking that he owns the world, and it's such a beautiful. Was it was it right after he did Easy Rider? 
It was it was it was when he was doing the last movie. Yeah, okay. it was after Easy Rider. So he was riding high. You know, he right. didn't know that Mavericks are not always welcome in in, um, in Hollywood, and that uh, you know he would find that out very soon. But it's a fascinating piece, you know. Okay. And and a lot of the filmmakers I love are have kind of a rebellious spirit, you know. I, I the sor- sorcerer, the, the Friedkin film I'm showing on on Saturday, uh, it, which is going to be introduced by Josh Safdie. Uh, the, the director of Good Time, um, and uh, he Billy was extremely rebellious. You know, he could work within the system, but he always challenged them. And um, and you know, and I and I love those those filmmakers that uh, have a vision that is so strong that can you know affirm itself even within the uh, context of industrial production. So there's a lot of films that we haven't touched on. We we might be getting over time, but I'll give you some space to talk about one or two more. Uh, Little Caesar, we've got Stella Dallas, Rio Brava, Tukibuki, uh, Victims of Sin, and what is it? I'm No Angel. Yes, I'm No Angel. I I, I wanna I wanna um, say and and uh, I'm a fugitive from a chain gang. I wanna um, I wanna talk about Little Caesar because we have a um, we we've, over the you know this was um, the centennial of this Warner is, Brothers. Uh, yeah, this is and, a Mervyn Leroy film. Mervyn right? Leroy, and and we're gonna have in the theater with us his daughter. Linda Janklo, uh, Linda Leroy Janklo, which was also the daughter of Doris Warner, one of the, um, she was part of the original Warner family. So it's a gigantic piece of history that Linda brings with herself. And, and she'll be joining us after the, the screening of Little Caesar, which of course is one of the original gangster films. Yes. And, you know, one that's kind of set the tone for, for, for that production uh, for, for, for decades. That's so exciting. I love a good gangster film. What what is Tukibuki though? Tukibuki is um, um it's an, an African film from um uh, Jibril Diop Mambeti and uh, um it's kind of a it, it's a nouvelle vague film in a sense. It was done in the 70s and uh, it has it has it was influenced by the French nouvelle vague as, as you can see and it's a story of um, um an African the, there are two drifters. I mean, he's a drifter and she joins him and, and they think that they have a scam and they want to get out and of Africa and go to Europe. But it's very, it's very moody. It's very visionary. It's, uh, it was recently restored by the um, Film Foundation Scorsese's organization uh, that, that, that uh, you know, works on, on, on restoration and promotes restoration all over the world. And uh, he only made three or four films. One of the other one was Hyenas. And, uh, and this one is a, it's a very, um, it's kind of a, I wouldn't say crazy, but it's a, it's a very um, irreverent. It's a very irreverent piece. And I'm going to have from Italy joining us via Zoom, uh, the, the Italian filmmaker Jonas Carpignano has also worked in, in Africa. He directed Akiara and Alchambra, and he loves the film. He's a, he's a, he's a big fan of uh, Mabeti's work. All right. And, and locally, uh, I know WLIWFM's own Joe Loro, a local hero of film, not only preservation, but uh, collection of, of, of historic film and music uh, will be there as well this weekend. Uh, we can't thank you enough, Julia, and all that the Sag Harbor Cinema team does uh, to make sure that classic film stays with us and uh, in its best most beautiful uh, forms, uh, the, the the restoration work that is being done uh, worldwide is unbelievable, and, and I'm grateful for it because, my gosh, we lose our history all the time. Yes, that's that's a very good point, uh, Jana. So thank you very much for, for having him. Please come and, come and see. We have passes that are very um, uh, affordable, so you can see multiple films uh, with a relatively... Um, little amount of, of money, and I hope you can try all the different tastes that we offer this uh, this upcoming weekend. And Joe's show upstairs, which they're installing at the moment, and it's going to be beautiful. Joe, uh, org to find out uh, more, to find out everything about the third annual hist- uh, Film Preservation Festival this weekend at Sag Harbor Cinema. I'm Gianna Volpe. That was Julia Daniolo Villan. This is Bob Dylan. Uh, speaking of which, uh, speaking of film, I just saw I'm Not There uh, for the second time. Loved it just as much. And you, whoever you are out there, you're awesome. And you're listening to Long Island's only local NPR radio station, 
WLIWFM, the Hot Studio segment, underwritten by Peconic Landing. We'll be back. Skin pillbox head. Yes, I see you got your brand new leopard skin pillbox head. Well, you must tell me, baby, how your head feels under something like that. Under your brand new leopard skin pillbox head. Well, you look so pretty in it. Honey, can I jump on it sometime? Yes, I just want to see If it's really the expensive kind You know, it balances on your head Just like a mattress balances on a bottle of wine Your brand new leopard skin pillbox hat Well, if you want to see the sunrise If you have a hat track you love, let us know about it. 631-591-7006. Leave us a voicemail. Doing a practice run of an all-music edition of The Heart. Hat is the theme. A little Charlie Daniels band for you. Here on Long Island's only local NPR radio station, WLIWFM. Ain't no fake beans up in Boston Ain't no river in St. 
And Anais Mitchell leading you into the NPR news break at the top of the hour. I'm Gianna Volpe, and you, whoever you are out there, you are awesome, and you're listening to WLI WFM, Long Island's only local NPR radio station. News you can trust, music you love. On 88.3 and 96.9 FM, depending on where you're tuning in from, streaming wherever you may be. At WLIW.org slash radio. Right guys and southpaws and good dogs and all kinds of cats. Dirt roads and white lines and all kinds of stop signs. I stand right here where I'm at. Cause I wear my own kind of hat. There's two kind of lovers and two kind of brothers and two kind of babies to hold. There's two kind of cherries and two kind of fairies and two kind of mothers, I'm told. Yikes. And told. Hey, but cowboys and outlaws and right guys and southpaws, good dogs and all kinds of cats. Dirt roads and white lines and all kinds of stop signs I stand right here where I'm at Cause I wear my own kind of hat Well, 
There's two kind of brothers and two kind of lovers and two kind of babies to hold. There's two kind of cherries and two kind of fairies and two kind of mothers I'm told. All right. I don't think I'm going to put that one on the playlist. I just don't. No disrespect to Merle Haggard. I just don't know how I feel about it. <laughs> Summer went the way of spring. Winter's waiting in the wings. And we haven't saved anything. It's all right. So we already paid the rent. There's still some money we haven't spent. Go put on something different. We're going out tonight. felt much better. We'll lead you into the NPR news break with a little taste of Del Shannon. Once I had a pretty girl, her name it doesn't matter. She went away <laughs> with another guy. Now he won't even look at her. Sounds strange, 
I want you back, I think you'll change But there's one more thing 